Welcome into 11 Personnel. I'm Nick Rouse, joined here by Adam Luckett, as always. Just my camera, got to show off my hat. We're going to Nashville this weekend, so I got to bring out my Roberts Western Wear trucker hat. Shout out. They're not proud presenters of this podcast. That would be our friends at Monticello Bank, but um, had to shout out the establishment that uh, doesn't serve $12 beers on Broadway like it. There's, there, there is still one of them left. <laughs> yeah, the, they are holding recession-proofed. They're ho- holding tight there at Robert's Western World or whatever it is called. Uh, we had a good time in there during our little stop in July for media days. So definitely it's- highly, highly recommend that spot. It's not going to be as rowdy for the KSR crew this go-around as the last one. Um, I am the best man in a wedding on Saturday. That will be The wedding will be kicking off as the game concludes. So uh, at least at least at nooner, I'm able to watch it, most of it. Um, you are moving on Friday. I am. Is that correct? We close on Friday, the 22nd. So I picked the perfect – Kentucky helped me out here. <laughs> Get to go out of town during moving weekend. Oh, they really did though. Cause like, I mean, you're going to do some, of, I, mean, I would imagine you're going to do some of the stuff, but like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in charge of unloading the pod on Friday. Okay. Before I head out of town and then the movers, right, I mean, they do the big stuff on Saturday. Okay. Are you now here's the question. When you get back Saturday, are you going to have access to the World Wide web to watch college football? I will. Internet is being installed Friday. So I'll be up and ready to go as soon as uh, as soon as my car hits pavement in my driveway for the first time. <laughs> oh man, that's going to be um, uh, an experience. So best of luck, Godspeed this weekend. Um, you need it. You need it. <laughs> yes. Um, it's uh, yeah. I because m- moving is one of those things too. Like like I mean, I, I did it. Um, this will be two years October. I did it during football season as well. It was kind of unexpected, but it's like one of those things that, like, even when you prepare well for it, there's still just like, all right, I did this, but then it's like three weeks later, you're still doing crap from it. You know, like it's just it, it's it's very much a never-ending process, um, and it's much worse. Like apartment to house isn't bad. It's house to house where you just got so much stuff and it's like i I can't do this all like i've got to have i got to pay somebody to get everything in order i cleaned my desk today i'm not kidding you i have a garbage bag full of trash just from (laughs) out of my desk just uh old former uh places of employment uh gobbledygook of information that i don't need and just all kinds of um sunglass boxes receipts all kinds of n- nothingness that I just stored. College football previews. <laughs> well, yeah, those are those are already in the pod. They will be back there. On, they're back there on the bookcase. They're not going anywhere. But uh, yeah, there's just uh, there's a bunch of trash that you know you just have to get rid of, and they, you kind of you don't think you're hoarding, but you realize I think when you start digging in, like, oh wow, I got a lot of crap. <laughs> well, we're not going to give you a lot of crap. We're just going to give you gobbledygook on the Vanderbilt Commodores because Kentucky is kicking off SEC play on Saturday in Nashville. Um, and we're able to do it thanks to our friends at Monticello Bank where people matter. They put people first there. They've been doing it for 128 years. You can always stay in business if you're a bank that long, if you're that good at what you do. And they're everywhere. Go NBC Mobile app or nbcbank.com that's where you'll find them whether you just want to do a little personal banking or maybe you need a small business loan construction loan to build a house like mr luckett over here they've got right. so many products they're going to put the numbers on your side to make it work for you uh, you can do it online or visit them at one of their 21 locations in 14 different counties across the commonwealth including uh, one not far from us on North Hurstbourne Lane in Linden, right here in Louisville, Kentucky. That's their flagship. You can find them there or anywhere. NBCBank.com, Monticello Bank, where people matter. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Well, it before we dive in, um, as we always do, let's do a little cleanup from Saturday. Um, I know in the SEC it just means more, 
But luck it, it uh, it's looking. Things are looking kind of ripe for the taking right now. There's not a there's not a yeah. whole lot in the Southeastern Conference that you look at and you say, I don't know. That, that's just a, a steamroller right there. Like this is uh, this is just a mega death. Like the old the old school Alabama where they would just grind you to smithereens. They're, even Georgia is vulnerable. Um, so. What have you made of SEC play so far, uh, not including the Vanderbilt Commodores, who we can make fun of in a little bit? Yeah, uh, some people are thinking Georgia's getting boboed a little bit there in Athens. The offense has just been – just getting off slow starts feels like Nick. I mean, South Carolina yeah. game, it was just like, what are they doing for a half? And they just kind of figured things I mean, out. And, they did that in their G5 games too. Yeah. So that that's been a little weird. All right, they started real slow against Ball State. I mean, they had a punt return for a touchdown, but that was the only score for a little bit. And I believe week one, I'm trying to think of they played back then. But they had a slow start then too. So yeah, that's been that's been a little odd. You're expecting them to hit the gas at any point. Alabama's kind of a mess right now with the quarterback shuffle. Then on on down the list. I mean, LSU boat race Mississippi State, but I, mean, I think Mississippi State has a chance to be fairly yeah. bad. Might say so more I don't know how much State stock than LSU to put. Yeah, I, I don't know how much stock to put in that. You know, Ole Miss—they're getting a lot of energy this week, Nick. But if you actually sat down and watched their last two games, they were both a lot closer than the final score appeared. Yeah, that like they—that's one you, of those you, games. You, you were on Tulane, right? You, and they were right. Tulane was in that game, was leading at halftime. Georgia Tech was within one score a lot of that football game, and then it just got away from them. Late and Lane was driving right. the the cover train, try, right. trying to get uh trying to get those tickets across the window. So they're getting a lot of credit right now, but it's just like ah, I like. I mean, we'll see this yeah. weekend. Uh, I mean, th- where they're at. Is it still? What did the number move down to? It was like eleven and a half when it opened. I I would imagine it's right it at, got it's down. At seven. Last I checked. Oh wow! It got all the way down to that. Yeah, I. I'm fascinated by that game because you couldn't get me to touch it with a ten foot pole because I don't, I don't trust this yeah. Ole Miss team at all. And usually, why, why would I doubt Nick Saban for this long either? He's he's pretty good when his back's up against the wall. And I, I think last week was as much as, of a litmus test and a like we're going to shut everybody the hell up, give the other guys a shot, and then ride with our guy Melrose. So I, mm-hmm. I, I still don't know if that means that they're more than a touchdown better than Ole Miss. Um, but yeah, I mean, across the board, like that, this weekend's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it more in the pigskin preview, but like that Jerry world game is, you know, what, who, <laughs> that, that one's always a one score game. And both of those teams have bad non-conference losses. I don't, I don't know if you would say Miami is, I mean, Miami might actually end up being a pretty good football team and that was on the road, but they, Texas A&M didn't look good there. And Arkansas losing to BYU at home. I mean, that's that's yeah. not a, not a good loss at all. We'll have to wait. We got to wait two weeks for that game because Arkansas is at LSU this week. And oh, in a, oh. In I'm a, getting my the kickoff next times. Week. You got the yeah yeah because yeah. they're doing but, the 11 a.m. local kickoff yeah. and like a yes. Jer- it's why that game in Jerry World is just like Jerry Jones. They're appeasing him, and nobody likes it. Like he's the only person that's happy about that football game. Nobody in Arkansas is, and nobody at Texas A&M is. Because like Dallas, Dallas isn't close to uh, College Station slash Houston. They're not, or Arlington. Yeah. Like it's not, it'd probably be closer if they went to Fayetteville, you know, or uh, War Memorial Stadium. Yeah, play to Memphis. Um, I uh, yeah, I think Arkansas is at LA. What's weird this week is Kentucky Vanderbilt, Nick, is always in November. It's been in November forever. Um, it was in September in 2014. And then before that, you have to go back into like the 70s to find a game. In, really? Not in November. So that's weird. And then LSU Arkansas is always in November. Um, but the they're boot. playing that in September. In, in yeah, the, the Battle the for the Golden Boot. Battle yeah. for the Golden Boot. Yeah. Uh, huh. One of the most underrated rivalry trophies in college football. And so it's you got SEC switch. Switching schedules up, and I think this is something that's going to happen more with, you know, you're adding some mm-hmm. new teams. You might get another conference game. You're going to see some more of this. And so that's interesting. But overall, the SEC, like, like Josh Heupel's offense looks mortal. 
you know, Florida uh, only scored three points in the second half and beat a Josh Heupel offense by double digits. That's kind of like, oh, really? And we don't. I we saw Florida against Utah, and they didn't look all that great. So it's like, what's going on there? Um, and for Kentucky, we really don't know much about Kentucky yet. Yeah, they handle their business. I, I would say against Louisiana or not? Excuse me, Louisiana Ball State in Akron. They mess around for a half against CKU before hitting the gas. So we don't really know where they are other than that they've gotten off to slow starts and that the passing game is really explosive and even the run game has been pretty explosive. But we don't really know who they are, and that's something we're going to get a better idea of, I think, Saturday. Um, But for Kentucky, you're building momentum. you got a chance to build momentum here. Go down on the road in a revenge spot, get a win, get to 4-0 and and set up a set up a big game at home against Florida who will be three and one after they beat Charlotte this weekend in the swamp and they'll be ranked and that'll be a big moment at home, but you gotta, you gotta take care of Vanderbilt first. Yeah. And I don't think you're going to have too many people looking ahead. It's a lot of, I mean, we got the Ray Davis homecoming game. We've got the Barry on Brown homecoming game. Um, so, and you've got the revenge factor, right? Kentucky lost to Vanderbilt uh, a year ago. So, um, well, do you do you want to dive into? Do you have any more college football cleanup? That you yeah, I mean, to get out the brooms for uh, Jay Norvell, the coaching malpractice in that game. Like, how do you not go for two and over and over time? Uh, I, I don't understand I, I, that. I would I would like to set the scene too. Like, if you all haven't watched uh, the video that uh, Peak made of us throughout our day going through Kroger Field, it's great stuff on the KSR YouTube channel. So after you watch this, click on that. He got a small glimpse of it, but of course, lighting's not going to be great in the back of the car while we're listening to Colorado, Colorado State. But that whole car ride back, we're just like, what? What are they doing? Like, what? What? Did he really? I, I, if it's like Ron Lemon, you know, asking asking questions during yeah. the uh, during the show, like, I because I couldn't, I I don't, Dion choosing to get the ball first, I was like. This is so stupid. And then Jay Norvell not making pay for him. That was actually that was even dumber. I yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I that makes no both sides of that really. It just was. It just, what are we doing? Head here? scratching. Yeah. Uh that that was something else. Um, that uh, that hit was gnarly. That they put on Travis Hunter, uh, Hunter like yeah, yeah. Who would have thought that Jay Norvell and Colorado State actually could go out and just like wrestle their way into that being a game? Should have won the game. I mean, yeah, they they gave up a 98-yard drive with a minute to go. And uh, that was one thing I turned into you and was like, man, the Dion miss only going to blow up even more if they go down the field and score here. And there, mm-hmm. I, I mean, just that car ride, it was, we got to what, like Shelbyville, Whitey Paytona, somewhere around there. And, just the, I bet it was five times at least. We were just like, no way, no what, no, no way, <laughs> crazy, mm-hmm. absolute crazy. Uh, Colorado and Boulder, they've officially made it to Banana Land because everything about that place right now is just hard to believe. Um, except like it won't be hard to believe when they get the brakes beat off them Saturday. Could be bad. They are. I like the. There's there's great potential for Colorado backdoor cover in that game. Like Oregon getting up big, and then Colorado's offense just keeps throwing it. But yeah, I I'll be very interested to see them because Oregon's another team. Well, I guess they've gone to Texas Tech and won there, but we don't really know a bunch about them yet. But they look pretty good from what I've seen early in the season. Yeah, yeah. So like, that, it's one open. Like, weird. if you told me to name the net, the best four teams, Nick, I don't know if I could do it right now. Because there's no, cl- I mean, jo- I would still have Georgia in there, but after that, yeah. every team has flaws. Michigan's played nobody. Um, Ohio State, and they haven't really, looked great. I want three against the spread. The yeah, hardball Ohio- principle, like, dude. We did, and we forgot to play <laughs> it, man. That was so yeah. stupid. You mentioned it, and we forgot to play it. Um, it's three and zero. Ohio State did crank it up against Western. But uh, you know, I guess Penn State, 
maybe, but you're, you're right. Like there, there, there's not a team that's really clearly elevated themselves above the pack. Texas, they had that statement win, but they've looked bad in their other two games. Um, I mean, Wyoming you're in the Texas thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, college football, man, it's, it, we're, we're We should learn more this weekend. It's a loaded slate. We'll, we'll cover all the big games on pigskin preview, but it's, we're, we're going to learn a lot more. I think uh, our guy J.D. Piquel said that this is where the kind of the story arc of the college football season really s- starts to take shape. Because so far, the games, they've been kind of fun, but does North Carolina or South Carolina really determine how the national landscape is going to be shaped? I mean, maybe North Carolina can mess around and like win the ACC. But, you know what I mean? Like There, there haven't been these sort of incredibly impactful games that we think are going to decide conference championships in the college football playoff. So the, the marquee Notre Dame, Ohio state, that's going to be huge. Notre, Notre Dame. I, I'm a, I might put them in the top four, even though they haven't really been tested. Yeah, yet. they're good. Um, they're good. Um, so well, that, they go to NC state and away from them. So that was a nice win. Yeah. So, uh, th- this will be a good weekend. Um, good luck to all those who don't, uh, aren't spending it all at a wedding. Um, I'm not bitter. I'm actually really excited, but I'm, I'm just going to keep bringing that up because that's it's the football guy in me. It's like a natural reaction, um, just like my natural reaction was tonight. Looking, I, I had I put in the calendar my favorite band, Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats. They were playing in Newport right now, and I put it in my calendar in June, and I set a reminder to potentially get some last minute tickets with game time, and I, mm-hmm. I looked down. At about five o'clock, it was like, oh, 50 bucks, and I could get $20 off a of promo code KSR. Like, oh man, I wish I could just cancel this podcast and make this quick drive and go up to that concert because they're awesome. Um, you can do that if you have the Game Time app on your phone. It's your best place to get last minute tickets anywhere, whether it is concerts or. Um, like St. Paul and the Broken Bones, another great band. They're in Louisville on Saturday, Paris Town. Boom, twenty bucks off promo code KSR or just anything around town. I know uh, night races; they're coming back lucky. And Churchill Downs, the they, they they bump up the the rate to get in the door. I think it's twenty dollars to get in the door. Guess what? You get twenty dollars off your first purchase on the Game Time app for promo code KSR. So consider that before you go to night race, before you go anywhere. It's the fastest, easiest way to get tickets. Two clicks, bada boom, bada bam. You can see where your seats are. It's incredible. You won't regret it. Visit GameTime.co or download the GameTime app. Promo code KSR for $20 off your first purchase. Look at the Vanderbilt Commodores. We've got a big time. I, I, I never thought we'd be in, in a position where we're having a Vandy revenge game. But... Ray Davis returns, and I, I, I'm not saying he has something to prove, but he mentioned it like he's not gonna. His line is this isn't Ray Davis versus Vanderbilt, it's Kentucky versus Vanderbilt. But like the part of him is that he talked trash to Ricky Wright and C.J. Taylor and Jalen Mahoney all during practice last year, and they were, they were saying things like, "Man, you wouldn't have caught that if that was a real game. I would have busted you off your block." Ain't no way you're breaking that tackle. I would have taken you to the ground. Well, Ray said, no more what ifs. It's going to be a real game, and we're going to see who's going to be the one standing, who's going to get to talk after that game. I I don't think – like, I worried about Barry on last year in Nashville. I don't worry about Ray's maturity. I, I, I think there's just going to be a little bit of extra juice um, where the, my only hope is that he just doesn't get too excited and – run through the reads. Uh, I forgot who it was that used to do that, where they would just, like, run right in. They just wouldn't let the play develop. I don't know if it was Boom or who it was. But, like, just getting too quick to the hole instead of being patient and let it read. Um, But Ray seems like a mature enough guy that I don't think you should be too worried about it. Barion, on the other hand, he – hell, that fumble he picked up the other day, I always worry about him doing too much, you know? Yeah, but every once in a while, that too much turns into so oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's obviously that's the mo- number one storyline this week is Ray Davis returning home or returning to Vanderbilt. 
Clark Lee's been asked about it a ton. Um, around Vandy right now, Nick, it's kind of a storyline with this team. They've been disappointing to this point, so they're and they're they're looking at like what happened, and they see some players left in the portal. So why are they losing some players? You know, was it NIL? Was it this or that or this or that? Looking for like why why they have these holes, and this could be like a really like if Ray goes down here and has a huge game for Vandy, it's gonna be it could be like an Alpany moment, like. If we want to truly do this, we've got to keep good players here. You can't have players going to Kentucky. So there's that aspect to it, I think. Um, and obviously, well, man, I, you, go ahead. The other the other part of it is, um, I mean, it's so hard for me to pull quotes from Clark Lee because he's the most boring person that's ever spoken to a microphone. Dude should be on NPR. Uh, but Justin Rowland pulled a quote about, like, how they don't want to go to the portal to get players. It's all about developing and he doesn't want to take shortcuts. And it's like, that's dude. Well, they, they can't because they can't get them in school. <laughs> so he, I mean, he's just not saying that, but that, that's he would take his, uh, transfers excuse. if he could. Yeah. Yeah. They, so they're trying to sell the development part of it and this or that and trying to, and that's pitch to high schoolers. Like we're not going to over recruit you. Right. But you can come here. Other schools are going to over recruit you, but you come here, we're going to develop you and you're going to play early in your career. And you're seeing that play out when you see them on the field, they got a lot of freshmen and sophomores playing. A lot of Lee's recruits are in big roles on this team. Uh, But just to scope how much they miss Davis, and it's been a significant loss for them. Um, Vanderbilt tailbacks in four games have 399 yards from scrimmage. That's passing and receiving yards on 4.4 yards per rush, three total touchdowns. Ray Davis in three games with Kentucky, 379 yards from scrimmage on 7.1 yards per rush, 15, and he add in 15.9 yards per reception and five total touchdowns. That's a sizable chunk they're missing from the offense. He's putting a lot of pressure on sophomore quarterback A.J. Swan. AJ Swan, Nick, uh, the, if I want anybody to leave from this, this is what I want you to. Uh, this and another thing we'll get to later. This is what I want you to know. AJ Swan has twenty-seven completions of fifteen-plus yards. That's over twenty percent uh, explosive rate. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But AJ Swan has thrown twenty-eight either pass breakups or interceptions this season. Gosh, twenty-eight times a That's... throw has ended in a catch by the defense or a pass breakup. That's seven times that a game. Is, that is 21 – nearly a quarter of his throws, Nick, end up being a pass breakup or an interception. So a quarter of his throws are a pass breakup or an interception, and then the other 20% are gains of 15 yards or more. He is – he's a uh, – man, was Sosa like that or was it McGuire? I mean, he's home run or strikeout. You know, Adam like Dunn. there's no – hey, <laughs> there we go. There, there's a better uh, 90s, early 2000s baseball comp. It's – it's a home run or strikeout, plain and simple. So, yeah. So, with this game, like, Kentucky just can't give up explosives in the past game. If you don't give that up to them, they're, they're going to have a hard time scoring, just bottom line. It's yeah. going to be hard for this well, team to go. Because Swan is only completing 57% of his passes, Nick, and they can't run the football. So, they're getting behind the chains a lot. Uh, let's see here. They are down in – they're 66 in success rate, but a lot of that's just due to the passing. Um, they're 82nd in EPA, which kind of measures in your explosiveness. So, so they've been explosive in the pass game, but they've got nothing, no explosiveness at all from the run game. Um, and then the red zone, they're number 78 in touchdown percentage to this point, uh, 53 in points per drive. So they have, they've had some good moments, but a lot of it's just been a big play pop. And if you, if you take away the big play pop, they're going to have a hard time moving the football. And what does Kentucky do best typically? Limit the big plays. Take a, Limit the big plays. But Kentucky's pass defense has looked somewhat iffy to me. Oh, giving up over right at 65 70% completion rate over seven yards per attempt. Those are high numbers that we don't typically see from Brad White's defense. So I'm really intrigued to see them this week because they're going to have to play some true nickel. Because um, mm-hmm. Vandy's going to live in 11 personnel. They're going to want to slide Andrew Phillips in the nickel sum. And then that means who's that's Maxwell Harrison and probably yeah. Jordan Robinson outside of cornerback. That's where you would that's where your concerns are going to be if you have a zone coverage bust and then to get somebody wide open, something of that nature. And so that's really the thing to watch out for me. I think uh, running the ball, Vandy's going to have a hard time. And I think the pass rush is going to get after Swan a fair amount. But 
um, Swan's at, on tape, he does a good job. Some of his better plays are just like avoiding the rush in the pocket and moving out and making some throws. Two of the best throws I saw, one against Wake Forest and one against Hawaii, were him just escaping a pressure and making a throw, making a football play. And so that's something you have to be cognizant of. And that's the big question for me this on defense for Kentucky this week is how does how do those two cornerbacks, specifically Hairston and I, I would assume Jordan Robinson or even Jake Yardaway, how do they hold up in the safeties for Kentucky? They haven't been great to this point. They're going to need them to play sound on Saturday. Will Shepard leads the way. He's got six touchdowns already this season. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very short list of people with three multi-touchdown games in a row. Um, he was the guy who had the game winner last year against Kentucky. Uh, he's a ball player, very good ball player, one of the most talented receivers in the SEC. Jade McGowan um, can also go into is, – is, is Humphreys a freshman or a sophomore? True that freshman. Kid, yeah, he can play. He, he, he came to play right away, and he's done that. Three touchdowns on nine catches, um, 30 yeah. yards a catch. I mean, he's just a big play, big play guy. Yeah. He's a the vertical field stretcher. Like they're looking for him deep. I believe he had eight targets on Saturday, which was as much as Shepard. Um, so they're they're actually trying to look to get him the ball more. He's he broke Jalen Ramsey's Tennessee state record in the two hundred meters. Nick twenty one point seven three. He's from Nashville. He went to go. CPA, which is football powerhouse. There, he's a good looking young player. Um, so he's going to be a guy Kentucky has to match up with. Um, I mean that receiving core, that first three. I mean it's good, man. Yeah. And they've got some backups. The Quincy Skinner. Yeah. who caught that that ball on fourth down, he's back, and he's probably their fourth receiver. So they've got some good receivers here. Jaden McGowan's a fast slot receiver, returned to kick for a touchdown against Hawaii. Um, so he's dangerous with the ball in open space. They're, I mean, their receivers are some a legitimate thing you have to match up with when you play them. And Swan can make some big boy throws. It's just the overall efficiency of the offense is lacking. And if you make them put drives together, which is kind of Kentucky's MO on defense – they're going to have a hard time. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a nice test. At least, uh, I will say, Maxwell Harrison, he has been a pleasant surprise so far. Um, so th- this will be a nice test after um, him and Phillips both have, have played. Uh, they're probably fat. Those two play fast and physical, man. Like, I yeah. don't have any worries about them tackling and getting off blocks, but it's more so we just got to see him in coverage. We haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Harrison really be challenged yet in coverage. We've seen him in practice, he, and he's held up well, I've thought, but we got to see it in the game. And so he's going to get challenged here uh, on Saturday. And so this is going to be a good kind of measuring stick to really know where Kentucky pass coverage in the secondary is at. I'm uh, I'm fascinated by it all. Um, but on the other side, Vanderbilt's pass coverage, not great. They're giving up a lot of points. Um it's, it's one of those things, too, where kind of like Swan, where it's boom or bust. They're creating a lot of turnovers. I want to say it's six takeaways so far um, this season. Dericky Wright's responsible for a lot of them. Um, mm-hmm. He creates a lot of havoc, but they're giving up a lot of yardage. <laughs> like there, there's, yep. there's really no way around it. And I think some of it, too, has to come down to the lengthy lengthy injury report where they've had a starting D lineman that hasn't played at all this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Wright's dealing Saturday. with an ankle. Uh, Mahoney, Jalen Mahoney, team captain, he's banged up. I mean, it's it's a very long on injury Tuesday. list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he didn't practice. And then you mentioned too, Swan has a elbow deal, elbow contusion or... on his right throwing arm, knocked him out of the game for a period. He could not grip the ball Saturday, uh, so he had to hit, hit sit out a series or so. Mm, that's tough. Um, that's tough. The thing is, though, is it's kind of weird. Like, is as many points that they've scored and allowed, um, they're very similar in how they. Uh, actually, I was well, looking at the wrong stats. Never mind. Uh, you, you got me on a new analytics site, Luckett, and I was. I'm still learning how to read the plays. Game on paper, highly recommend. Yeah, there you uh, go. A lot there. Drew asked that question on KS Board uh, about some of the resources. Gameonpaper.com. We're trying something new this year. Um, it's going to be the Bird, well, Bird Dogs going to sponsor it this way. Because why the heck not? Bird Dogs will make you look good, feel good, play good. Uh, no matter what your attire is for tailgate season, it needs to be Bird Dogs. The joggers, the shorts, you'll feel comfortable. You'll look good. It's almost quarter zip season. They'll hook you up polos. 
Bird Dogs has all the game day, game day gear you need. Promo code KSR will get you a Hydro Flask style water bottle as well on your order. BirdDogs.com slash KSR to get your tailgate gear. They're going to sponsor the KS Board question of the day where we're going to bring in one of our subs, one of our subscribers who asked us a, a question. Instead of just like reading it off, we're like, hey, why don't we have him join the show? So today we've got Adam Griggs is joining us for the first time for the KS Board question of the day. Adam, it's a pleasure. Love the cats. Hey, you you got a professional setup. This is this is well done. Are you yeah, are you nice. also a podcaster? Uh, no, I work remotely, so uh, it's all part of the game right now. Thanks I'll for having me. Really appreciate it. Love UK football. Um, and uh, so one of the things we've all been uh, seen last year, we complained about it. Uh, one of many things was slow offense from Rick Gangarello. Um, and one of the things I've seen this year is. Liam Cohen is putting an offense out there that's even slower. The saving grace is that we're putting out a lot of points. Uh, I think 31 offensive points per game compared to about 19. So that's fantastic. My only question is, at that points per play uh, pace, is, is that something that we need to be concerned about? Uh, or are we really going to need to start picking up the pace of play uh, when SEC competition starts? Great question. First and foremost, Adam, that was that was wonderful because it got luck. It got the hamster wheels and luck. It's brain turning. You can see it right now on the KSR <laughs> YouTube channel. Um, what could I? I kind of lean that it can be sustainable because of the personnel, but I'm curious where because I, it's not something that I typically like analyze. Oh, across college football, like like plays, explosive, all that sort of stuff. I think it can work. Um, but I don't know. Uh, you, you tell me if I'm right or wrong. Yeah, first things first, like explosive plays are the greatest indicator to win and losing. Like if you win the explosive play battle, you're going to have a great shot to win. But you are right. Like is this sustainable? I don't know. Like is Kentucky going to be number two in yards per snap throughout the season <laughs> up there with Caleb Williams? I don't know. But the thing you want to watch for really is situationally, how are they doing? Like how are they doing on third down? Are they extending drives? And when they get in scoring territory, specifically the red zone, are they scoring touchdowns? Right? Last year they were in the hundreds in both of those. I mean, Nick gave Scangarella the red zone rich a nickname for a reason. And the third down wasn't much better either. So right now they're 27th in third down conversion percentage. They're 52nd in red zone touchdown percentage. But they they're they would have been five of five if you count the, the EKU game at the end. They could have they scored, but they didn't. They they went three for three against Akron. So that's really what you want to watch to me. Are they, are they extending drives on third down? And when they get in the red zone, are they scoring touchdowns? That, that those are the most important. And then if you can get the explosive plays on top of it and you get those 50 plus chunky yard touchdowns, you're, you're always going to take those, but really it's the situ situation, you know, football that you want to look out for. But I think we even heard Liam Cohen uh, discuss this, Adam, um, this week, just the efficiency on first down. They're averaging only four yards per attempt per pass two yards and change per rush. They're really falling behind the sticks on first down, and that's getting them in trouble. So that's something long-term you can't do that moving forward. So it's definitely something to watch, but it's also going to be – I think it's going to be different this year with all the pieces they have because of the personnel. They're just more explosive. They're not mm -hmm. built to just six yeah. yards, seven yards, five yards, well, four yards. Well, one of the things I was really – I mean, I'm, and I'm not concerned just because I, I feel like – New transfer QB, uh, Liam Cohen, not reinventing himself, but trying to make sure he's fresh. And so they're a completely redone offensive line. So I'm not super concerned. It's really the intent. Uh, all offseason we heard about simplifying offensive play calling and getting it in there so that we weren't running down mm -hmm. under five seconds on the play clock. And so if that intent was there all summer long about getting simplification, getting the plays in there quicker – Yet when you're watching the game, you still routinely see that play clock. Uh, they're looking to the sideline, and that play clock is running low. Uh, and so if it weren't for that, hearing that all summer long of that, we have an intent of getting these plays quicker, getting more plays, getting more time to kind of check with me and, and maybe change something or change formation in the, before we snap it then I wouldn't even be bringing this question up. But since they had that intent over the summer and we're still seeing that that mm -hmm. first initial play before they even check with me getting there so late, that's why I'm wondering, like, 
Is something going on? Is it just knocking the rust off? Is it is it just trying to get familiarity and get rhythm? Um, so that's really the thing that I'm really asking the question about. I, I, you use the word rhythm, Adam, and that's what I would really like because I, I think some of it is Liam rediscovering his rhythm as a play caller too. I mean, he, he did take a year off, and the pro game is a different game. Uh, now, he, he wasn't doing that there, but um, I want to say it was EKU in that first drive of the second half where they started with chunk play, then went tempo, and then moved the sticks on the next play with a run. And then, like, that sort of, we're going to follow up a big play with another one. Like, I, I like that mindset. And and that was, the if I'm going to have any disappointment, um, any alarms about the situation of football, it's when they get gifts on the short fields like they did. Was it the muff punt? Yeah, it was a muff punt, and they didn't take a you shot right after it. Yeah. yeah, like it's like you, you get those short fields, go right for the end zone. And it yeah. held, it paid off in uh, the Tavion Robinson touchdown after the uh, Barry on Brown punt return, right, where they were aggressive right after it. I, I think some of the rhythm is is Cohen in general. And I, I that's why I, I think a lot of this is just like the kind of early game stuff like it. But um, in ge- also say it's different to be explosive. It's also nice that we we spent all offseason not talking about being more explosive. It's like, oh, that was that was the thing I talked about with Eddie Grant every freaking offseason. We got to be yeah. more explosive. Got to be more explosive. And it's like, well, it's here. <laughs> we we yeah. made it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of, what, they, they just got go a lot of new pieces, Adam. I'm sorry to didn't mean to cut you off, but they just got a lot of new pieces. I think they're trying to figure stuff out. And there was a lot of trying stuff, I think, the first couple weeks. Uh, but the schedule allowed them to do it, but now that's over. So now we need to see who they are and what they want to be moving forward. And I think you're right. If it's still the second quarter of Vanderbilt, it's the third or fourth time where we've seen the, the play clock down under three seconds. Like yeah. what's, what's going on there. So that's something to definitely to keep an eye on moving forward. Well, I think one of the blessings in the skies is Liam Cohen having to go up to the box because I think him being able to see the field is going to be able to alleviate some of those issues that you were just talking about uh, of having having newness and getting every uh, getting that understanding of what he's working with and getting that familiarity back to the college game and being able to see everything from the eye in the sky is going to be a little bit easier for him and he might not be used to that but it might be helpful for him to be able to get plays in there digested a little bit quicker and and throw those down to the field so they can get in there so i think that actually might be a blessing in disguise um, and I'm glad he's doing much better uh, health-wise. I, right, I don't want right. to uh, benefit from that, but I, I do think it could be something that could help the pace of play. A, a nice unintended consequence. And it's one of those things, if you get in the uh, the fog of war on the sidelines, right, like the bullets are flying and you just get a little uh, upstairs, I, I, I bet you have a better feel or sense of how the game's looking from 10,000 feet. So yeah, uh, something – Something we'll be everybody's going to be keeping close tabs when Kentucky's at Vanderbilt. Adam, this has been awesome. We we weren't sure how this would work, so you've been a great guinea pig. Um, our Thank animal you. testing. No, you're our test case. Yeah, there's no <laughs> no chemicals uh, rubbing off uh, on this broadcast, so you're good there. But we we appreciate you so much for chiming in for being a member over on KSR Plus. And uh, hey, thanks for joining us. This was fun. Hope you hope you enjoyed it as well. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Have a great time, and I look forward to listening to everything for the rest of the season. Thanks, Adam. Spectacular. First ever KS Board question of the day. High bar there, Nick. I know. It really was. You can hop on the podcast with us, too. Join KSR Plus. It's, what, 25% off for a year, a dollar for a month to give it a try? So That's right. uh, We've really been cranking it up over there lately. You can read all of Luckett's detailed scouting reports there. So, join the fun. That would probably be a regular segment now. That was good. Because, like, we're not a call-in show, so it's, like, the next best thing to be in a call-in show. It's just yeah. coming, hanging out, uh, join the board, hang out with us, uh, yuck it up for a little bit. Um, I did want to uh, – why do we huddle them? What's the point of getting the call from the sidelines and having the quarterback relay the info? Is that what's happening? No, they, I mean, they, Matt, they only do the check with me every once in a while. I, I did get hurt when they did check with me the other day because I thought they were going to. They did to a couple them. of them. They ran yeah, down late. There is, I think, there is, for Kentucky, they're using this pro-style offense. 
and it is helping them in recruiting because they can say, hey, don't, don't go to blah, blah, blah. You can come here. We're actually running what they run in the NFL. So, And part of that is huddling it do, yes. and playing under center and some of that. So that's, that is helping them in recruiting. So that, it's kind of a catch-22 there a little bit. So you just yeah. got to figure it out. But there is – they do need to kind of, I think, modernize in certain aspects. And with Leary, how he's more comfortable kind of in a tempo-spread world, I think you're going to see some of that. I think they've dabbled in it. You know, kind of the tempo stuff, no huddle, going with it. And I think we'll see more of it moving forward. But I think this first week is just about them kind of – the first three weeks were a preseason. Right. They weren't, but they were. And so now that it's over, now it's time to, to go. And now yeah. to go starts now. you got Vanderbilt on a road in a, a revenge spot. Um, and they're going to be in a construction zone in the stadium. We joke about it. But I actually – I actually did pull up the Vandy United live construction cams so I could see what we were what we're working with this Saturday. They they put a lot up in the last year. I'll give them credit for it. But I counted the machinery. We had two forklifts, two excavators, two <laughs> cranes, and a knuckle lift that were visible. Roush's uh, audit service. Yeah, and I've actually I a lot of those things I didn't know what their names were, but. Um, little, little kids, little boys, like my son love construction equipment. So we got a book from the library. That was the ABCs of construction equipment. I didn't know what half those things were before there was something else out there, but I couldn't really identify. It was behind a fence, but, uh, I didn't realize too. They don't pull that scoreboard up on the cranes until game day, which I mean, I guess makes sense. You don't want to burn those, um, you know, potential work days or whatever. Uh, but it's just. The, they also have – we'll be able to sh- – we'll share it on the site for fans on how to get there. They have videos on, like, how to navigate through all that because, like, it, you're going to have to do it as well. You're going to have to put on your hard I'll hat. Also check that out. And, and walk through it. But they actually have, like, hey, here's how you walk through all this maze, this menagerie, to get to the stadium. <laughs> that's 20 – it's 28,000 from 40,000. It's going to look like um, what it should look like, like what a Vanderbilt football stadium should be, which is basically, like – Papa John's before they uh, did the stupid renovations where it's like, oh, it's just a lower bowl that's going to have some nice little sweet areas. Um, Mm -hmm. It'll be nice when it's all done, but right now it's a mess. I like the line that Baryon used where it's like, well, it's still 120 yards, right? Like all the stuff outside of it, it don't really matter, which that is uh, something for this week that – a revenge aspect. I don't bounce back. Whatever you want to call it, like I would. This feels like a game where Barryon can bust some huge plays. I mean, if he just does what he needs to do, like he can, he can go the hell off down at uh, First Bank Stadium. I'm glad you said that, and it is true. But don't you cannot let your eyes trick you on this, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> Because Vanderbilt's secondary has been bad, and they've switched starters already. They're starting two true two freshmen, one true freshman, one redshirt freshman. But their play by play numbers are even worse against the run, Nick. They are. Really? Let me pull it up here. Yes, they are in the hundreds. I'm trying to find it. God bless. They are in the hundreds in rushing success rate. In the hundreds in rushing EPA, they're giving up uh, over four yards per rush, which is number 85 in the country. But they've only really played one team that can truly run the football. And they're 98th in EPA rush. That's that's what I found it just now. But they've only played one true team that can run the ball. And And Wake Forest didn't run for 100 yards against Elon or against Old Dominion, Nick. And they rolled up. Over 300 rushing yards if you take out sacks and nils. Wow. Like they ran all over their ass. And when Mark Stoops comes out and says, I challenge my offensive line this week, <laughs> that that they want to run the football this week. They want Ray Davis to go down here and run for 200 yards. I, I know it in my bones. Uh, Kentucky has been very explosive in the ground game, but they haven't been very efficient. Playing Vanderbilt is often a get-right spot mm-hmm. for their 
run game, 200. They had 213 yards last year and nearly seven yards per rush. Um, you know, Chris Rodriguez had a big game, but it, what McLean had a big game. Year before, they ran for 236. Year before that, 308. Year before that, 401, the Limbo year. They were over 200 each year from 2016, 2017, 2018. Nick, we're talking this whole run Mark Stoops has been on since 2016, the ball streak. Kentucky's ran over 200 yards in every one of those games against Vanderbilt. Everyone. They run the damn ball against this team. <laughs> so I don't think that's going away. I think they're going to kind of want to come out and establish the run. And so I think think we're going to see that. So the um, Ray Davis game, 19... you're, pred- you're predicting the most obvious storyline to come true. Like it. They've allowed 19 rushes of over 10-plus yards through four games, and they're not playing great run all- ground attacks. I think the word you, just, you said they had – I just think it's coming. They hadn't played a, what, top 50 SP offense? SP mm-hmm. plus offense? Is that right? Yeah. Wake is the only one. Wake is the only one, and they rung up three bills on the ground on them. Yeah. Uh, 120, 119th in rushing EPA defense. That's that's bad. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's very – no, oh, sorry, 103rd. When they are rushing, they're 119th, so they can't run. Vaney can't do a lot of things, but they can – Score some points. What I actually thought was remarkable, um, um, if you're wanting plays per game, Met G, by the way, it was only like 71 or something. It ran like eight more plays than they did in 2021 than they did 2022 per game. Um, and those numbers will drop just because of the clocks. But I, I was looking at uh, the Stats of War preview, Parker Fleming's, and what is fascinating, though, is each team is not running a lot of plays from my understanding. Um, like they just, they haven't, they haven't run a bunch of plays per game. Um, so that like, even though I, I was thinking that it, I might be leaning over uh, betting wise. Um, Bandy's I mean, at didn't. 65 per game. Yeah. Like, the, and, and that might be a thing too, like it, where I think before the season we said like, you know, it might take away possession. Maybe the new rules are going to affect the game a lot more than we thought. Yeah, it seemed uh, like seeming that way potentially. Yeah, yeah. So uh, while while I thought it might be leaning over because of that explosive Vanderbilt passing game, I mean it's it only takes a couple of mistakes on either side to take a lot of scoring. Yeah, out, you know. And the thing with Kentucky, like if you establish the run, then you put that that secondary that's in rough shape in vulnerable positions, right? Mm-hmm. They've got to put an extra hat in the box to stop the run that's when you can really carve them up in the pass game. So, I, I like, Kentucky's going to be a pass-first, I think, operation this year, but there is value, I think, this week um, in running the football, and I think that's something Kentucky's going to do. But I, regardless, I, Kentucky's going to move the rock against this team. Um, the only really good thing Vanderbilt has done on defense is red zone defense. They're number eight in the country in red zone touchdown percentage. I believe they had 17 red zone possessions. They've given up, they've allowed five touchdowns. To Ricky Wright won the game, won the game against Hawaii. They are up seven with like time sticking out. Hawaii has a red zone position. He gets a interception in the end zone. If they score, Hawaii probably goes for two and Hawaii probably might probably beats them. You know, if they Mm -hmm. had a two point play cooked up. So he saved them there this past week against UNLV. It could have got real ugly. But they four red zone trips. They produced. They got four stops. You know, pretty sure field goals. they had a red zone interception earlier in that Hawaii game too, like in like the first. Yeah, I th- yeah, I believe, I believe they had two red zone <laughs> yeah. turnovers that game. Yeah. So they are getting stops here. And what happened in this game last year? Kentucky four red zone possessions, one touchdown. Yep. Kentucky loses this game if they give up explosive pass plays and let Vanny's get cheap scores, and if they don't finish drives in the red zone. Vanderbilt has also been really sloppy, Nick. They had a bad snap fumble last week, like Kentucky did. They're having questions with their center. They have, I believe, 10 fumbles in four games. They have eight total lost turnovers, I believe, of seven in the last two games. So they ball security is a big deal for them right now. It's a problem. And so if Kentucky's able to go in there and get a couple turnovers, um, they could really get in a good spot early in that game. And take advantage of it early, which is something we haven't seen Kentucky do in a game yet this year. Something certainly uh, 
to keep an eye on it. As I mentioned, we were talking with Alex for the KS board question of the day. Like the, the, the red zone numbers aren't that bad yet. I like it, but they have left some scoring opportunities on the board. Uh, you had the delay of game. They got them out of field goal range last week. Like, um, those are the, they're getting a holding call to bring a touchdown back. They're going to do that. Like that, that happens. Even if it was dumb, that's bad. The red zone stuff is the, the, this missing out on scoring opportunities. That's the real, that's, that's, that's the substance. Like that's the stuff that can actually matter in big time games. That's why I like, you know, Kentucky could never beat Georgia because he, Josh Allen gets a pick on like the 25 yard line and they kick a field goal. Right, like that's the, mm-hmm. that's the difference between being a good and a great team is when you get opportunities to score, you take advantage. Finish drafts. Exactly. Finish, finish, finish. Vanderbilt has the the, the opportunities are, are going to be there. How does Kentucky handle it? Um, I'm excited to see, it. and I'm excited to have SEC football back. As much as we don't really care. Um, oh, Bubba Watson's in the chat. That's pretty cool. Um, as much as we, we love to say, like, you know, every game's great. We, we like watching Kentucky play football. It doesn't matter. It's a lot easier to read into stuff that happens in an SEC game than it gets a MAC team. Like, or, you know, I mean, we just <laughs> – unless you're Iowa State. That's actually right? probably like, real Bubba Watson, too, because he would probably say something like that. <laughs> but Bubba's definitely just getting on he's, – he's, he's got to be online. Bubba's a week early. Ryder Cup picks will be next week. So just come back next week, Bubba. Doesn't Bubba's wife have uh, a burner or something for him? Or am I getting golf wives mixed up? There's some there's some wild Pat, ones out Pat, there. There's some Patrick Reed stuff that he has burners. I don't know if Bubba's wife has one, but the Patrick Reed, he's apparently got a, multiple ones, and I believe they've maybe linked one back to his mom, to his excuse me, his mom, his wife somehow. His so yeah, wife, the the story with him and his wife is weird because like she's older and was his caddy, and then. He chose his w- <laughs> girlfriend, wife, caddy over his family, and they won't talk to him anymore. And I think they actually live nearby Augusta, and they were like they were like, like within golf there, yeah, yeah, like they were within an hour of Augusta National when he won the Masters, and he won't talk to them. Just his caddy wife, who has burners and like tweets at people online. Ah, great stuff. Yeah, he's golf. A, what a sport. He's a he's an interesting guy, um, but I think oh. <laughs> he's an interesting guy. But we won't have to see him in the Ryder Cup this Thankfully. this year, at least. Oh. So wait, but so, the, so Sunday, Sunday Ryder Cup next week. Yeah, <laughs> Third, uh, I guess the first. Um, the first do we, yeah. Time zone is Italy. Are they? Is that morning golf? Is that is that? How, I guess that's how Let's it's going to work. What time is it in Rome right now? Good thing we're on the internet. We can look it up because I would think that they would be more earlier than England. When we have to get up for like the open, so in, by my six hours, Nick, they're six hours ahead Eastern time. Okay, that's not too bad. So like, if it's it it it'll be morning, but you know, yeah. Oh man, it's like I'm watching choose. the British Open. Am I gonna watch the Ryder Cup or am I gonna watch the Toy Story Jaguars game broadcast? I mean, it's a tough call. You need double screen. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but man. anyway, back to this game, Nick. I do think this is like to me. This is very much a game Kentucky should win comfortably. Like I very much expect them to win this game, like thirty-one to thirteen. Uh, Kentucky should score and should move the ball on this defense. This defense is bad, and it's a bad matchup for Vanderbilt's offense against Kentucky's defense because of stylistically and in the structure how Kentucky plays defense. They're going to make you. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 play, drive it, and that's not what Vanderbilt wants to do. Vanderbilt's got a chance to scare some teams because of how explosive their pass game can be. Um, but I don't think Kentucky is the team to do that against. So I like Kentucky here, and I think Mark Stoops is happy he's not um, having to scheme up the zone read this week yeah. with Mike Wright yeah. and with good receivers on the outside where he could just throw it up. They're not they're not have to worry about that. It's more dealing with a pocket passer, and I think they're more comfortable um, with their scheme against that. And so I think it lines up well, revenge spot. But I do think you're, there's potential to have get play against a desperate Vanderbilt team. Like that was a bad loss Saturday. The season is close to maybe possibly spiraling. You know, for the first time, I think you could argue Lee maybe feeling some job pressure. 
I mean, so I they think had, you can see them come out and play really hard, and Kentucky's going to have to match that intensity. They scored it. Vandy scored a touchdown with two minutes and change on the clock to tie the game. Mm-hmm. Picked off a pass on the ensuing possession, just a few plays later. Quickly, yeah. I mean, it was just like that. All they had to do was run out the time, kick a field goal, win. They couldn't do that because they can't run the ball. They're stuck on the hash. Vandy kicker kicks it straight. UNLV burnt up all their timeouts to be able to get the ball back. They only had 30 seconds left, maybe. They had a backup quarterback in. Vandy was calling timeouts to try to get the ball back. And Carl Cleese was, said he didn't call that timeout. He said it was like a player. Now, I don't know if I believe that. But there's not, there was something there was some funny business going on in that Vandy sideline. So someone did what they weren't supposed to do, and it cost them a game. Yeah. Yeah, because they – UNLV runs for a first down on the next play. The clock does still stop in the final two minutes. And then they chuck it deep with the backup quarterback. Dude's wide open, runs out of bounds at like the 25, and they kick the game winner just like that. So it was um, a bad loss, bad, bad loss. That the one thing that Lee is going to do is he uses last year's Kentucky game as like an example of the resiliency of his program. He's going to bring that up a lot. Because a lot of teams, that kind of loss is the beginning of a spiral. So I'm kind of with you, Luckett. I do think they will be somewhat inspired. The Ray Davis factor, I think, is going to have them a little pissed off. Too. That'll help with them. I you think, know? yeah. Okay. So I, I actually think that Vandy will be able to do enough to keep this kind of close. I would not lay the 13. Uh, 13 and a half, like it, I think it is right now. Yeah. I mean, I could see Kentucky playing the game kind of – you know, a touchdown, 10-point, 13, like in that range all the time. But I could see them being very feisty and hitting some of those explosives um, when really the U.K. secondary is being tested for the first time. Um, and we saw what happened the last time they had a decent quarterback. I mean, I, I would say Parker McKinney's a little bit more uh, – I would trust him in the pocket with his decision-making a little bit more. But he's got a lot better athletes. The Swan's got a big arm. So I, I ultimately, you know, think it'll probably somewhere be like – a. 31-21 type game, 31-24 in that range. Where, you know, Kentucky's got it in hand. Vandy scores with 45 seconds left and then kicks an onside kick. And UK Just gets the it. Back, the back door? Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's going to be a lot of lubed up fans going to Broadway pissed off because their tickets didn't catch. <laughs> I I think, I, I yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Uh, but we really haven't. We saw glimpses of it, I think, in the Akron game. Um, they were very close to just really blowing that that one up. Like that one could have been thirty-five nothing, potentially, yeah. if a couple yeah. things go the other way. They they haven't really, to me, Nick. I haven't got like the bounces in a game yet either. You know, uh, it's true. Ball State game just, was weird. EKU game was weird. Um, aside from Ball really State that had the bad officiating. Stand. The ball staying in bounds at Ball State, that fumble, that's about it, right? Like the ball just going right to Geiger. But, like, aside so from I, that. I, yeah. I could see a game where they maybe get a bounce or two. And, like, I really wouldn't be surprised if they got off to, like, a super fast start. Like, if they get a big special teams player, defensive turnover, they score on the first couple drives, and then it's just like, oh, they're up 24 to nothing midway through the second quarter. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see a slow start either. But I do think over time, Kentucky's got to move the ball consistently. They're going to score. And then I think at Vanderbilt, as long as they don't get whether a short field or, you know, whatever, or a cheap explosive play, it's going to be hard for them to put drives together against this Kentucky defense. Whew. All right. Well, it's been um, – this has been fun. It's been a pretty good show. Feels like it's finally game week, right? <laughs> it's first world nooner of the year. We'll see how many uh, we get. They must, this might be the only one. Usually don't get very many of yeah, these. It certainly but is. But Stoops, Nick, uh, Stoops, under Kentucky under Stoops, 6-1-1 one, one, ATS. Numero game since 2016. Oh, man. So stick that in your back pocket. Stick it in your back pocket and don't smoke it. Actually smoke them if you got them. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I'm going to go talk to Peak. We both have car trouble that we're trying to figure out. <laughs> also get to Lexington for some interviews. So this has been – it's been a joy but we'll figure it out we appreciate y'all for joining shout out to adam griggs you can join ks bar board too 
and uh, and Caspar. Fun with us, yeah. Join uh, first road game. <laughs> Hell yeah, it'll be a party Saturday. So we'll see you all on the other side. Until then, go Cats and uh, go Kroger.